listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. And this morning we're with ophthalmologist Dr. Tai Lai Yong from Pantai Hospital talking about kids' eyesight. Dr. Tai, could you tell us some of the most common eyesight problems kids experience and what that looks like? So the, the common eyesight uh, problems in kids, main one is a refractive error, and namely short-sightedness and far-sightedness, astigmatism. In these conditions, it prevents the light from focusing on the correct retina and then causing blurring of vision. The other common conditions of eye diseases in children includes a squint, cross eye. These conditions, the eye, one or two of the eye are misaligned by turning in, out, up or down. And the other conditions is lazy eye. In these conditions, uh, the eye and brain doesn't work together as they should. So from birth until the age of seven to eight, right, the child eye and brain actually form a very vital connection. And if anything that block or blur the vision in either one or two eyes can actually slow down and prevent these connections. If this happens, the brains might not fully recognize the images that are seen by the lazy eye. And then the brain will begin to ignore the images and the eye will become more weaker and eventually they will lose their vision strength. And other type of a common problems includes convergent insufficiency where the child have a problem with a near vision because of eye muscle coordinations and other types of problems like allergic conjunctivitis when there's inflammation of the conjunctiva and child usually present with red eye, itchy eyes and cheering and always like face down, you know, refuse to see you or very, very sensitive to light. And the other problems that I would like to mention is droopy eyelids where there's drooping on one or both eye of the upper eyelids which cover the visual axis or visual field of the child and this is very important. It will lead to lazy eye as well. And the last one I want to mention is telezion. It's like a, a swelling or small cysts actually are developed in the eyelid. It's the results from blockage in the glands. Sometimes you can get infections and you'll get more painful and it will disturb the child. And that's different from a sty, correct? It's actually more nearer to the eyelid. It's the inflammations of the hair follicle glands. For telezion, it's more like a blockage of the glands, like the mammalian glands. Okay. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to differentiate because it's at the eyelid. So sometimes it can be happened both as well. So the last one is watery eye. And I've seen a lot of watery eye in children and can because of the eyelids malpositions, they bond with that. Then the eyelashes just constantly rub against the cornea mm. or the eye, then causing a lot of tearings and discomfort. Mm. And the other a bit rare conditions like blocked tear duct, congenital blocked tear duct, where the tear duct is not developed well after birth, then they have a constantly tearing as well. So signs that need to look out, you know, by the parents, if the child they notice a child's blurred visions at far or at near or they notice a child actually holding the digital screen or books, you know, or toy too close or closer to their face than usual, or they have difficulty in reading, playing sport, their poor attention, or they notice their eyes. Somehow it's like sometimes the eye point outwards, inwards, even downwards, just does not align with the other eye frequent squinting or they notice the child have abnormal uh, posture like they like to tilt their head up or they, in effort to align the eye or they have always complain or headache you know eye straining after long uh, activity or they're sitting too close to the tv you know or they like to rub their eye a lot frequent eye rubbing eye itchy you know eye redness discharge or pain mm. or the child actually complain i see double i see double or they have a very high sensitivity to light parents notice the eyelid is swelling they notice any lumps and bumps then they should actually go to see an eye doctor for consultation or eye assessment. Typically, parents will bring their kids in to see the doctor and then, you know, they'll like wait for some kind of a diagnosis. But is there things that we can arm ourselves with information 
time-wise about bringing our kids for eye examinations and testing? Usually, you can see your family physicians or the pediatrician that usually bring your child for vaccination. You can actually ask them to have a look or just do a screening for them. If they have any concerns or they notice any abnormality, then they, they will actually refer to eye doctor for proper eye examinations. So for us, eye doctor, we usually will examine the eye quite thoroughly. We examine the overall health of the eye, eyelids, cornea, all the way to the back of the eye. We do the visual acuity test and then we do a refractions and we assess the eye muscles, you know, the alignments and we do dilate, put a dilating drop to dilate the eye to assess the eye. And sometimes parents have a, a very common misconception of saying like, oh, children uh, actually cannot have an eye examination until they can talk or read because the doctor won't know whether the child can, can you know, can see or not. Mm. Actually, it's not true. Yeah, we, we actually have a very special equipment that allow us to check the eye visual ability without requiring the child and actually give us any feedback. So how old can you bring your child then for an eye test if they don't need to read and write? It's in birth. <laughs> oh, really? As a baby? Yeah, yeah oh, we do. Okay. So like a lot of premature uh, baby in the hospital, the doctors, pediatrician do refer to eye doctor to, for eye assessment from since that wow. because they do have some uh, eye problem, you know, for premature baby especially. So I guess early diagnosis is, is everything, right? There's, there's no such thing as too early, right? To bring Exactly, a, yeah. exactly. Especially for children, you, as I mentioned, early lazy eye actually is treatable if you can catch it early in the critical periods before age of seven you know if you notice anything send to eye doctor they will do a therapy they will assess them and treat them if you come too late you know nine ten years old or even 12 we can't do much we can try but uh yeah the brain already developed we can't mm. we can't really do much for that yeah it's a very, I don't, I don't want to say Asian, but I know Malaysian thing because, you know, I've seen it happen time and time again where a child needs glasses, but parents don't want to get kids glasses because they're worried that once you start wearing glasses, it's downhill from there. The eyesight's only going to get worse. I guess it's a myth or is it? Yes, actually you're right. So we have a lot of parents come in and ask us, you know, this this kind of misconception, the myth. We always advise them, actually when the child have refractive error, they have a short sightedness, they should wear glasses for them to see clearly to prevent lazy eye. If they do not wear glasses, in fact, they will actually cause more progressions at the short-sighted, the power increase even more if you do not wear glasses because the child will, will tend to accommodate and it will strain their eye, then the power actually will increase faster. And there's no study proven if you're wearing glasses long, long hours and things actually will cause harm to the eye or, or worsening of the eyesight. Yeah, actually it's a myth. Yes, you're right, Asha. Doc, now in this digital age, everyone's got a smartphone. That's basically not going to change. What are the repercussions for smartphones and, and other digital uh, devices that we bring into our kids' eyesight, you know, that, that becomes part and parcel of their lives? Actually, nowadays, smartphones and digital devices has become a major concern to our parents, even myself, so for my kids. It's actually, it will result in visual impairment somehow. So too much of blue lights experience or exposure from the devices actually can cause digital eye straining and uh, can cause dry eye symptoms and headache. Sometimes your body, you can have neck pain, shoulder pains and blurring of visions. And eventually it will lead to your child behavioral adverse effect if you notice that, such as like they just cannot pay attention when they study, poor attention span, and then they're easy to get irritable, you know, and the sleep pattern also will disturb. And sometimes they have a, a bit poor behavior, too much of stimulants, too much of eye strain, and then they just can't, can't concentrate and learn learn things. So some parents come to my clinic and ask me, how can I help my child, you know, to protect their eyesight from the digital devices? 
I usually give them a few advice, like uh, just have to restrict the child time screen, you know, down to one hour to two hours per day, the most, you know, and then try to use a blue light filter uh, when they use their digital device. If they can't get it, maybe get the child to wear a eyewear, which have a blue light filter. I think you can easily get it from the optical shop. And also they can perform a rule 20-20-20, which means like uh, you can take like 20 second uh, break every 20 minutes away from the reading material or the screen and then look away 20 feet. Yeah, just relax your eye. It will really help. Of course, you need to spend more time outdoor. And this is study proven. Spending more time outdoor activity actually will help to prevent myopia or short-sightedness. There's lots of things that we are told will help our kids. Like, as you said, going outdoors. Another one is uh, looking into the distance. So allowing your eyes to see as far as you can towards the horizon. But what about things like carrots? You know, they say, eat your carrots, they're good for your eyesight. (laughs) Is diet in any way helpful for our children's eyes? Uh, Yes, actually diet, yes, to help. Especially vitamin A. They're actually a good source for gluten and beta-carotene, where our body converts it to vitamin A. And vitamin A itself is a good antioxidant and is benefit for our eye health and generally it protects against uh, age-related degenerative disease and then if those uh, we have extremely lack of vitamin A it will cause night blindness of course I, I hardly see in Malaysia actually yeah maybe in, in other country parents should actually add more other foods which is good rich in vitamin C E and omega-3 fatty acid in their diet which is actually good for the eye health as well such as fish eggs leafy greens, vegetable, I think sweet potato, uh, citrus fruit, yeah, and uh, nuts, seeds, like chia seeds, flax seeds. That's very good for the eyes as well, yeah. Okay. Treat the whole body, you treat the eye. Now, one more thing you mentioned, you haven't mentioned before, is night blindness. Is that something that affects kids? Yeah, it's mainly uh, if you have a vitamin A deficiency, yes, it, it will. And then for those who have inherited eye disease, right, retinitis, pigmentosa, they do have a night blindness. What is it? It's it's a, congen- it's a congenital or inherited diseases. Then uh, it's degenerations at the retina. Then causing the eye cannot actually see good. And then they have problem with their receptor, photoreceptor. Then they eventually, they will cause leading to blindness. Early on, they might not, not notice it when the disease progresses. The visual field will get constrict more and more constrict. Then they will experience difficulty to move around in the night, in the nighttime especially. And then if things progress, eventually they, they will lose their sight. So what would your recommendation be to families on bringing their kids to see an eye doctor just for an eye test? Uh, I would say like um, eye screening is actually uh, very crucial and no need to come and see the eye doctor if you do not want to because they can actually easily do it in family medicine. Their GP or their, their pediatrician, they always go and see them for vaccination. Just uh, let them assess, just a brief assessment, have a look in general and then see they can see or not. And just pick up things that, you know, are treatable. And they will really make a lot of difference for the kids in the future. Thank you so much, Dr. Tai. Learned quite a bit and actually uh, lots of tips on, on, on what to look out for. You can listen to all of our Growing Pain sessions on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.